Welcome to Claim the Stage, a podcast for women who want to discover, awaken, and create their voice through the art of public speaking. I'm your host, Angela Lucier, award-winning professional speaker, author, and CEO and founder of The Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. Hey there. Today, I have a very exciting episode for you. One thing I want to share first off is... If you've been a long-term listener of the podcast, you know that last summer I had a baby and I had the guest mentor summer series running all summer. And then I didn't do any episodes in September because I was like brain dead. (laughs) I guess people call it mommy brain, (laughs) but I had not slept in a while. So I'm like, I can't even turn the mic on. That's just not going to happen. And then October came and I was able to managed to function enough to actually do some interviews. And I've been doing interviews all fall. So as you know, if you've been listening, all the last episodes have been interviews. And I haven't really said much about my life or what's been going on or anything because I just really haven't felt like I had much to say. And I've just been so deep in the muck of it that I haven't really um, felt like I want to talk about it. But now I do. And today's episode is my first time talking about what's been going on and what I've been up to. So we make a big announcement on today's episode about something that's coming up in June that we are very excited about. And if you're wondering who this we is that I'm talking about, I'm talking about me and today's guest, Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Jolie is a friend of mine, and she and I are putting together an adventure for all of you to join us if you want to. Before I get into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about who she is, and that will help give some context for this conversation. Dr. Jolie Hamilton has been interested in relationships since she drove her parents wild with constant questions about how people work. Growing up wasn't enough to sate her hunger for the answers to those questions, so she got a doctorate in depth psychology from Pacifica Graduate Institute, where she specialized in Jungian and archetypal studies. Her most recent research studies explore jealousy, where it begins, and what to do with it. Raising a family of seven teenagers, Jolie never loses interest in the mystery of relating to each other and ourselves. Jolie also earned a certificate in holistic sexuality education from the Institute for Sexuality Education and Enlightenment, where she is now faculty teaching intimacy, communication, theories of sexuality education, and kink awareness for new sex therapists and educators. She is an ASECT board certified sex educator and is currently the chair of the Continuing Education Committee for ASECT. Jolie is also a professor of human sexuality, where she is constantly finding new ways to teach people how to lean into their curiosity about sex, love, and connection. So that background might give you a hint as to what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) We go in a lot of different directions in this episode, but the intention was to unveil our new exciting offering and also tell you how we built it and are continuing to build it, hopefully to give you some tips if you're thinking about doing something similar. And we dig into our relationship as well and kind of a little bit more about what's coming up in June. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode super vulnerable one for me, but um, I was excited to do it and looking forward to hearing what you think. So without further ado, my conversation with Dr. Jolie Hamilton. All 
right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jolie Hamilton. I know you're not doctor yet, but by the time this super. Airs, you will be. <laughs> that is super freaky to hear. That's yeah. not going to get old anytime soon. That's why I thought we should start there. <laughs> <laughs> Freak me out right off the bat. Yeah. I like to make my guests really comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Now I'm shaking. I'm going to throw up. It's awesome. It's totally well, fine. I'm really, really excited to have you on the show today because we are talking about a new project or well, I don't project feels an adventure small. adventure exactly an adventure yeah that word is going to come back again we're going to talk about that some more during the episode <laughs> we are on a new adventure and we're going to talk about how we put it together why we put it together what it is and how it can help people on today's episode and it may happen in a meandering way which is totally fine but we will hopefully share some tips with you on how to put together a retreat uh, what happens when you have an idea and you're scared of it, but you do it anyway, and how to just put one foot in front of the other and start building something, even if you're not totally sure what it is. Would you say that's a good exa- a good description of what we're doing here? I think it is. The, the one foot in front of the other, that's it. That's my life. Yeah. That's all. What else can we do? I know. And I'm way more productive that way. So. It's true. Yay. Yeah. Just keep doing the next thing. So I want to start the episode by sharing where this idea came from. On January 1st, New Year's Day, I had a session with a psychic medium. And I had reached out to her because I wanted to talk about how crazy my life was in 2019, which we can get into also. Putting it lightly. I know, putting it lightly. I don't, tornado, a hurricane, all of them at the same time. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about that and I want to talk about what was in store for 2020. And then I also wanted to see from, from her medium background, if we could contact my dad who was recently deceased and we were able to talk to him. We talked to him for like an hour. And then we also talked about what was coming up for 2020. And she kept saying, they keep using the word retreat, retreat. Like what, what, why do they keep saying that word? And I said, oh, well, I kind of want to go on a retreat. And she's like, no, I'm hearing that you're going to put on a retreat. And I was like, oh, I don't have anything to say. (laughs) I don't think that's true. (laughs) At the moment, I felt like I had nothing to say. And she said, you're going to do it with someone. And I was like, oh, she goes, do you know who this person is? And I was like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, yeah, really think about that because that could not only be healing for the people who attend the retreat, but also healing for you. And when I got in the car, I thought, there's a lot of truth to what she just said. Because for me, making things is is something that brings me a lot of joy. It makes my soul feel full. And it also just, there's something about it that just feels like at my core, it's who I am. I like, I like to make things. And so I thought, I'm going to ask Jolie to do this retreat with me. And then I immediately felt like I was going to throw up. Because <laughs> <laughs> asking me things is super scary. Because you're scary. You're almost a doctor. <laughs> and it's the, it's the big fangs. It's the fangs and the drool. That's what makes me scary. Yeah. And I felt like I was going to throw up because it felt right, but it also felt big. And it also felt like if we do this, it's going to be amazing. (laughs) And sometimes amazing things can feel scary. So then I called you and I asked you, and I remember 
dialing the phone, not dialing, but, you know, hitting your name on my phone and going, (laughs) all right, I'm just going to ask her. It's going to be fine. Even if she says no, it's fine. And I asked you, I don't even think I finished asking the question yet. And you're like, yes. (laughs) That's accurate. Yeah. It was like a third of a question. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so relieved that you wanted to do it. And I think the next thing I said was, I have no idea what the retreat's about, (laughs) but I know that there's a thread between what you do and what I do. And I want to find it and let's sit down and hash it out. So you came over and we like hung out in my workout room for three hours and we sat on yoga mats and yoga bolsters and laid on the floor and went through all the things that we know that we think would be interesting to talk about and also talked about what we love about the retreats we've attended in the past and what we didn't like about those retreats and what we would envision for something we could build. And it was an awesome conversation because we had a lot of things in common about what we loved and didn't love. One of them being that we didn't love is the retreat hangover where you're so overloaded with information that by the time you get home, you're like, wow, that was a great weekend. Now I have no idea what to do next. And I'm so tired. (laughs) So we decided we were going to do this retreat. And before I go further into the story, Julie, is there anything you want to add? Well, I mean, the yes isn't obvious. So, but the reason I said yes was because I had had an idea to have a retreat years ago. And then apparently last year I wrote it down in my journal. So I found, I found my older, older journal. I found a journal from seven years ago where I wrote this same thing down. And then a year ago I wrote down that I was going to create something, a retreat like experience for women specifically And then I put these pieces of paper, I would like file them in my, it has promise file and then do nothing. And I like do nothing, not even inside. I just set the idea aside. Like, I don't know. I don't know when that's going to happen. So you said the words. I'm like, oh, there, that's how it's going to happen. That's how. (laughs) Partially because, yeah, I need, I, I needed a reason to make it happen right now. That's all. I don't need to know the answer. I needed to know that there was a reason to do it. So yeah, it was an obvious yes. I love it. Yeah. Sometimes just putting things out to the universe gives the, it creates the energy and then eventually it finds its way back to you. Yeah. So in that three hour brainstorming meeting, we talked a lot about relationships and we talked about how your relationships can reveal things to you if you are willing to take the the look inside of them and what's lacking or what's creating satisfaction or dissatisfaction and also the self-discovery that comes from that process. And what I loved about talking about that was that speaker sisterhood is all about the process of self-discovery through public speaking. So how interesting and like cool would it be for the members to then get a chance to do self-discovery through examining their relationships. And I immediately started to feel like I was going to throw up again because I'm like, I don't think I know anything about this subject. (laughs) I have so many failed relationships. (laughs) Failure is a good way to learn. That's a darn, that means you have a lot of data. (laughs) A lot of data. (laughs) Thank you. You're so generous. And it's true. Then I thought, well, I don't have to teach this whole retreat because somebody else in the room knows a lot about relationships. And do you want to tell a little bit about your story and your sort of journey into getting into this kind of work? Yeah, absolutely. So 
you're right. I know a lot about relationships and that's been hard for me to, to own entirely. Um, because the reason I know so much is because when I was very young, um, going back into like puberty and even before, like really young, I put a label on myself about not being good at relationships, about not being good at friendships, um, about needing a lot of crutches, um, i.e. people who are better at those things than me. And so that was my label. That's the, that's the badge I wore was that I'm not good at this. The upside of putting that label on myself was that I, I read voraciously from, yeah, maybe 13, 14 on about um, intimacy and sex and trauma and communication. And then I eventually found myself back in grad school and decided to study psychology. And for me, I, it, it was funny because I chose a kind of psychology where it would have been really easy for me to look inward entirely. And instead, I'm the oddball out, always looking at the space in between two people always. I am, that's my calling. My, I thought for a while my calling was just to talk about sex, but it's not. It's about the space between any two people, no matter what kind of relationship they have. And because I approached all of this from a place of thinking I was bad, I don't need bad at relationships. I'm not even sure what bad at would mean. It means that I, but that meant that I, I was always exploring and I'm always exploring now. That's the first place I go to when I walk into a bookstore. I go straight for the relationship section, even now. Um, my bookcase is falling down a little bit <laughs> because I have so many books on it. And it lets me always be in discovery. And at the same time, I've gotten a whole bunch of credentials and certifications. And I've written and studied and performed studies um, around really sensitive topics. So yeah, this is totally, this is my jam. And I think that looking at our relationships, no matter what kind of relationships they are, our friendships, our families, our romantic relationships, is a great way to start to find out about ourselves because the common denominator in all of your relationships is you. So it is about self-discovery. Sometimes there's repair we can do in the relationships themselves, but there's always inner work to be done when we're looking outward at our relationships. So yeah, absolutely. That's my angle. Yeah. And, and next week you're going to defend your dissertation on what subject? On jealousy. Yay. Everybody's favorite, most comfortable thing to talk about. Um, yeah. So jealousy specifically um, in the realm of polyamory. So people who have multiple romantic relationships. But what happened was the study was performed on people who are polyamorous, but the data that turned up isn't it's not specific to people who are polyamorous. It's specific to people who love because we all love more than one thing, more than one person, um, maybe in different ways. But the um, what it turned up about jealousy is relevant for everybody. Mm -hmm. And now you have a TED Talk on the subject too. I do. I do. No big deal. Mostly because of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Angela said I could. So I was like, oh, so okay. So I probably can. Yeah. <laughs> and then you did like 800 hours of work. So make sure you give yourself some credit. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> One day, Jolie will tell the story of <laughs> putting together. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah, we'll it's a real thing. Episode. So once we decided on the subject, we thought a lot about the tone and the vibe of the weekend. 
And one of the things I brought into the meeting was this framed painting. I guess I would call it a painting that I got at a flea market yeah. for a dollar about 10 years ago. And what the painting is of is a little girl running in grass, chasing a red balloon. And it's my favorite possession. And I started out by telling Jolie that the if I had to evacuate a burning, my house burning down, and I could only take three things, what would I take? I said, I would take my baby, I would take my cat, and I would take this painting. And that's how meaningful it is to me because every time I look at it, it just creates this, this feeling of being on the journey, just wanting to just live chasing the red balloon, but not necessarily catching it and just being free running around in the grass barefoot and enjoying the sunlight and not worrying too much about the next moment or the next, you know, five feet in front of me, but just being here now. And it always just brings me back to a good place. And I said, I want the retreat to resemble this. And she said, I agree. Yes. So if you look at our logo, there's a red balloon at the end of it. And that might not make sense to everyone, but when you hear the story, you're like, oh, okay, cool. So there'll probably be a lot of red balloons at the retreat. And I already looked into how to get a helium tank. (laughs) So there's going to be helium at the retreat. Yeah, we got to go all in. Yeah, we do. I need my own tank. I need one for home use too. I just, I want to be blown Yeah, it's all about that balloon life. It is. So that was a really important piece was for us to create this vibe of we're on an adventure together and we're not trying to necessarily solve problems, but we're trying to just explore things and see what shows up. And that's, that, that feels really good. It feels a lot better than come to this retreat and we'll solve all your problems and we'll tell you what's wrong with you. And we'll make sure that we feel better. And that when you get home, you know, everything you need to know about relationships. It's like, all right, we're going to have four days together. Let's chill out. Yeah. <laughs> and like let's just and there's yeah so one of my mentors is Thomas Moore and he he wrote care of the soul and he talks about how we're so focused on fixing things solving things you know that and we want such instant gratification that we forget that these situations called relationships that we get ourselves into like our soul needs them it it keeps getting us in these messes for some reason and the idea of fixing them is is moving away from what our soul's calling us toward. So while we might want to gain some skills for um, to to make things feel yummier, more exciting, calmer, more peaceful, more purposeful, fixing the idea that we like that we would resolve something or solve some problem is sort of antithetical to the way I I do my work. So I like it. So we also talked about where to have it and when to have it. And we decided to have it at a retreat center in Western Massachusetts called Nine Mountain Retreat Center. And we decided on July or June 11th to the 14th, which was mostly because that's what they had available. (laughs) But also because it gave us uh, six months to work on it because we met in mid-June or January and that meant we had some time to really think through what this was going to be about. And I'm notorious for short deadlines. Like if I come up with an idea, I'm like, oh, so this Friday I'll launch it. And like, I don't, <laughs> I never get <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> Which is awesome. But yeah, that's, 
that's rough. That can be tough. Yeah. And, and then you don't get enough time to really like roll the idea around and just make sure that you've thought about it completely and really put in as much as you wanted to. So I'm, this is new for me. And like my word for 2020 is architect. And it's all about laying down thoughtful plans and not just like the um, ready, fire, aim, which is how I normally do things. So this feels very outside my comfort zone, but also exciting because it gives us some time to really think think about everything. And since we're collaborating, we keep coming up with more ideas and thoughts and rounding things out. Yeah. And then in terms of the size of the group, we are keeping it to 20 or less, right? Twenties, 20s, 20s the outside. Yeah, so we can have a small group and make sure that we're able to have some good conversations and just make it comfy and close. Yeah, twenty. We can. One of my goals in any environment that I teach in or that I am facilitating is to really connect individually with each person and to make myself fully available and to be present for each person. And so 20 feels like I have done up to 25 in that way, but past that you lose something around the, the tenderness. This, I want, I want you to feel held during this time, like feel like this is a nurturing space for you. Um, so when you're challenging yourself to go deeper into the work, you also feel like you're really held and there it's a, it's a good space for you. So 20 is a great number for that. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to open it up to speaker sisterhood members first and give them a discount. And it's going to be just an opportunity for more members to meet each other. And then if we have space after the general public can join us. So we're very excited about this and we're still working out all the kinks, but one of the things we talked about this week was integrating the element of writing your love story and then performing your love story at the end of the weekend. So this integrates well with what Speaker Sisterhood is about, which is about writing and showing up and delivering and speaking your truth in front of a group. So this is a chance to acknowledge some of the stories you might be telling yourself and some of the beliefs you have around who you are in relationship and on your own and then being able to change or rewrite that story and present what you want your relationships to look like or what you want that love story to be. Yeah. And that just seems really great. That makes me really happy. I like it. So we're basically designing exactly what we want. <laughs> the retreat we would go to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great place to start. Yeah. I think so too. Like always make the thing that you would want. So it's still in development. It's only February. So we have lots more to think about. And we're going to put together an application form that will that will come out today for, you know, February 19th, the day that this podcast episode launches. And there will be the questions on the application help you help will help us to determine exactly what to put into the curriculum for the weekend to make sure that it matches what everyone's looking for around the, the whole umbrella of relationships. And we already have some ideas too, which we're not going to give it all away here, but we're going to yeah. wait to hear from everybody before we solidify what, what we're going to be doing. But it's going to be really fun. And the name of the retreat is RELA, which is an acronym for Really Exciting Love Adventure. And it's also the beginning of the word relationship. So what could be better than that? Yeah. Nailed it. You totally nailed the naming. I love it. <laughs> and I love the logo. It's like, it's just, it's the perfect vibe for what we're doing. So that's the part of the podcast that's, kind of giving you a sense of how to put together a retreat when you don't really know what the retreat is about. And it, it 
for me, it was, I'm just going to ask the question and then I'm going to float some ideas out there. And that, and Jolie floated some ideas out there. We found a common thread and something that got us excited. And we decided on a date, we put down a deposit on the location. And now it's a matter of getting the marketing together and executing it. So, well, we may be sounding like we're oversimplifying it in a sense, it's not as hard as it might look. And it's, it's about putting one foot in front of the other and not overcomplicating, especially with a pilot. I'm looking at this as a pilot. So we're not going crazy with like building websites and a whole extra brand. It's an offering under Speaker Sisterhood and it'll be on the Speaker Sisterhood website. It'll be speakersisterhood.com uh, forward slash Rella with all the information. So you don't have to, um, you know, take out a second mortgage in order to do a project. It can just be something that you start and then you see how it goes. So the other thing I want to talk about is our friendship, Jolie, because I think this is a good example of learning about yourself through friendships and relationships. The last, I think it was August, we went to Tanglewood, a little outdoor music venue. And on the drive home from Tanglewood, seeing Yo-Yo Ma, very wonderful morning, um, we started talking about our friendship and I think I asked you if you wanted to be friends, like legitimate. You did. <laughs> and I was like, would it be weird if I just opened the door and rolled out on the mass pike? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's totally cool. I'm driving. So my hands are at 10 and two and it's totally cool that I'm white knuckling this. It's fine. <laughs> totally fine. Super casual. I was thinking about it this morning and how funny that conversation was and how uncomfortable it was because it's it's so vulnerable to actually just ask someone, do you want to be my friend? (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's easier to ask someone out. Yeah. It's way easier to ask somebody on a date than to ask them if they want to be friends. Because we have a, we have like a scenario for like, oh, I'm interested in you romantically. So let's go on a date. Uh, After, yeah, kindergarten, nobody talks to you about how you're supposed to make friends. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very uncomfortable, but it was also helpful. And I think as we started talking about it, we realized it was probably going to be a longer conversation than the time we had left in the car to get home. And you said, "Well, let's let's grab a coffee." And we went to a coffee shop and we talked for another hour or so about disappointments and past friendships, what we're looking for in a friendship, and being really intentional about what our friendship could look like. And the whole time my stomach was in a knot because I'm like, I I don't say these things out loud to people. And I was so much calmer. Like once you had, once you opened the door, you're a great door opener. So you opened the door and I was like, oh, I am so here for this conversation. This is like, I was made for these conversations. That once we got past the, the initial the approach, I'm like, I'm all in. Let's have, let's say the most uncomfortable things we possibly could. Let's say them now and see what happens. Yeah. It's like testing the waters feels really good to me, but it's, there's still so much trepidation. Like, yeah. like what will happen? We're like, it's like um, being in a haunted house. Who knows what's going to come out? Right. Yeah. There's no yeah. Um, map for it. It, yeah. it doesn't feel common at all. So then you, texted me, I think later that night or the next day and said, oh, I found a book. I sent it to you. Um, (laughs) My solution for everything. (laughs) I got a copy too. And I was like, okay. And I got the book in the mail and it's called Frentimacy. And the author is Shasta? Shasta Shasta Nelson. Shasta Nelson. And we decided we were going to read it together at the same time and then come together and talk about it. And so I think we read the first three or four chapters and then we got together for dinner to talk about it. 
And I was so happy about it, but it was so foreign and weird to be like, so this is the kind of friend I want to be. And this is how I want to spend time with you and how often I want to spend time with you. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt liberating, but just, it was interesting to watch all of these feelings come up around the vulnerability of stating what I need in a friendship, but also yeah. seeing how you responded to it. You were so open and you were so I think agreeable because a lot of what you were looking for in a friendship mirrored what I was looking for. But we would have never known that if we never had that conversation. Absolutely. We also, it was an easy way to start setting boundaries, right? Like right up front because it was built into the conversation um, without it needing to be explicit when you're offering something to someone, like you're, you're making an offer. You're not offering everything. You're, you're talking about, this is what I want and this is how I want to show up. And this is who, this is, who I'm looking for and what kinds of things I'm, what kind of activities I want to do and how much time I have to invest. Or, I mean, you had a baby, you're in a totally different life phase than I am. My baby's almost 13. Um, it's, it was a great way to, to just get some of the boundary setting, like right out into the conversation right away without being super explicit. So in that way, for me, it was familiar because I, um, I am polyamorous and there is a, an, a consciousness around relationships. Um, like you, if you're going to have multiple relationships, multiple romantic relationships, then you have to talk about things that wouldn't necessarily be talked about. Like, you know, where are you going to spend the night and um, what the limitations of your schedule are. And that doesn't come up for most people in their day to day. But what it means is I, I had a little background for this. So it didn't feel totally unfamiliar, but it was still kind of scary because it was in a a totally new realm. I've never had a friendship start that way. Sometimes I've gotten there in a friendship, but now you're years in and you're years of habits in, years of guessing and years of totally showing up with all this armor on that you don't even realize you're wearing. So I've, this is the very first time that right from day one, like here's a conversation about who I want to be, how I want to show up and what what limitations, what boundaries there are and where I would like to be pushed, like being able to invite that, that kind of growth oriented, like, yeah, I, I, I need somebody to remind me of who I am. Wow. Like, ah, that's yay. It's so awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. And we also talked about our fears and friendships and like one yeah. of my fears is I always feel like I'm bothering people and you, you were very, um, open to, or not open, I don't know if open, I think you were on understanding and you said, you can call me anytime, you know, you can yeah. call me anytime, it's fine. It, was, I, it gave me a chance to get literal about it. I was like, I am past the phase where I have little children, which means all my time is mine to make of it. You can literally call me day and night. I am, I am currently available. And if that changes, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll let you know. Um, and usually making that kind of offer feels weird, like really awkward. And people, I have been really present for other friends, but usually they don't take me up on it. They, they think I'm, I'm overstating the facts when in fact, when really I, I know what I have available. I know how to put limits on my, on my life and on my time. And so this felt so much more like a two-way street. Like I, I could, I could say what I actually had available and you could decide what to do with that. And you've taken me so seriously which has been fantastic. You've, you've called me at moments when, you know, 
awkward moments. Like 7 a.m. on a Sunday isn't a time when friends tend to chat, right? So that's an awkward time if we hadn't had that conversation before. But since we had, it was it was completely reasonable. It also has let my, my partner understand. Like, so if I say to him, um, Oh, Angela just texted me. He knows that I'm going to turn my attention to you in that text moment. And it's not random. Like he knows that I've made a commitment to showing up for you in that way. So it's really easy for him to shift gears too. Whereas, um, in a less explicit model of friendship, I wouldn't, I'm not sure he would know what to do with that either. Cause you know, being fubbed, <laughs> you know, like snubbed for a phone is that's real. And that feeling can be real. So this gave me a way to talk about it with him too. Like, Hey, no, I'm being really intentional with this person setting up my friendship. And I've made myself available, especially right now while you have a little baby and you might have a question or just need to like vent at any second. Cause that's what, that's what this phase of life is about getting a chance to just like be, <sighs> Yeah. And a lot of what we're talking about right now is the kind of the same stuff we're going to be talking about at the retreat around stating intentions and boundaries and needs and fears and being able to fully acknowledge them. And something you said in our meeting, was that yesterday? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was. It was like two weeks ago. <laughs> was that often when, when you have people doing this type of work, they'll pick the safe thing to try to address. And the thing yeah. that feels like kind of like easier to bring up in a group. But what we really want to encourage is that we can help people get to the thing that's actually a, maybe getting in their way or a story that's not serving them and then try to work yeah. with that throughout the weekend. And I know one of my biggest stories is that I'm bothering people. I always feel that way when I'm like, oh, I'm going to text someone and ask them for help. I'm like, oh, I'm be bothering them. It's like mm-hmm. endless. And right now you've been really busy because you have this new human sexuality class you're teaching, which is awesome. And you're prepping for your defense next week. And so every time I'm going to text you, I'm like, oh, I'm bothering Jolie. But I'm like, she can make a text her anytime. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's yeah. a constant thing that I'm bumping up against and I'm always trying to work through like, what, what is that? You know, I got to let that story go. Yeah. Cause that story is impacting every aspect of your life. It, it just is that because that story is about you. It's not about me. I've already made my, my, my half of that relationship piece clear. So yeah, that's, it's awesome because so there's a great mirror for you and we can do that with a, so many topics, so many subjects. And one of the reasons I think it's awesome that we're going to let this retreat create itself to some degree is because my, my background is really wide. I have, I, I just have, I've gone wide and, and deep at the same time as best I could. I've spent, you know, a long time studying relationships and how they work from a lot of different angles. So we could approach this from almost any direction that people are needing to, whichever story you've got. Um, I think I can say with confidence now that whatever story you've got, we've got something to work with. And I feel really comfortable with dealing with whatever. There is nothing too awkward for me. I, nothing. I have l- never heard a question I found awkward ever do, do in my life. What you told me that you're, that you're working with your students on um, that you mentioned yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's important. It's super important. So I think that in the general conversation of our culture, people should know that they should wash their buttholes. I just think <laughs> that that's, it's very, very important information. And when you say this to a room full of young people, 
a lot of them are shocked that you're saying the word butthole. Some of them are shocked that you're telling them that other people don't. They're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I thought we were all on the same page. And then there are the people who actually did need to hear that in fact, it's okay. And a very good idea to scrub their buttholes just to give them a nice bathe. Every part of us needs a wash. And that's not uncomfortable for me. I don't, my parents may have screwed up lots of things in, in my life, but somehow they left intact this sense of there's really nothing embarrassing in this world. (laughs) There's just, there just isn't. So yeah, I'm ready. You guys can bring whatever it is. Yeah, (laughs) I'm here for it. I mean, mostly Jolie's all about it. I'll just laugh in the corner. (laughs) And we can talk about using laughter as a tool to manage that feeling and a bunch of other tools that we can put in our toolbox to manage the feeling of being overwhelmed by the awkward or, or dealing with what somebody else is comfortable with. So the biggest, the biggest story I have is that I'm too much for people because when you're willing to just say almost anything out loud, um, some people are, get overwhelmed by you. That happens to me. People sometimes are overwhelmed by me. But over the course of years, far more people in reality have told me that I'm useful, helpful, valuable, special, interesting than the few people who've been like, whoa, that is way too much for me. So if I hold my ba- myself back based on those few people who find me a bit over, over jolly, <laughs> a bit too much, then you know I'm holding myself back from all those other people. And But that doesn't stop the story from playing out over and over and over again. Like even today, every, every day, the story plays out anyways. So I love that you brought up the idea of writing out our love story, performing our love story, because that gives us an opportunity to look at what we're telling ourselves about love and relationship and what we're actually expecting, like what we're expecting anyways. So there's a lot to dig into there. There's totally. that's juicy. Yeah, it just feels like there's so many opportunities for growth and sharing. And I think one of the greatest things about the Speaker Sisterhood Clubs is that we hear the stories from the other members and we go, oh, I'm not the only one who feels that way. And that is so huge to have your feelings validated and to have your experiences validated. And I know I've said to you, Jolie, so many times, like, I'm a single mom now like my my boyfriend and I broke up so now I'm a single mom I'm divorced from a different guy <laughs> I feel like a total loser like this who, who does this you know and you're like it's not a big deal <laughs> I'm like you're a single mom you're a mom you're a mom doing the thing you have you have so much experience at what you don't want you're gonna go figure out what you do want it's all gonna be fine and you're a powerhouse, so your child is going to have that modeled for them. Yeah. Well, I would it's, imagine that if I put myself in a room with 20 other women, I wouldn't be the only single mom and the only one divorced. You are not alone. <laughs> yeah, and I would hear other stories from how they found strength from that and, and how they changed their life. And, you know, it's, it's about yeah. the stories we tell ourselves. So that's what we really want to focus on. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, know? that happens. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no bring it up. So the so that happened just this morning. I was teaching a class and I had collected assignments where I'd asked people to reflect on their genitals. Um, and I'd asked them to, you know, so do this private exploration of their genitals. And 
And one of the things that happened this time, and it has happened many, many times, is this anonymous, you know, piece of paper comes back to me and somebody says, I didn't know that I wasn't the only person who looked like whatever. They, they noticed that the gallery of genital images that I had presented for them, and then they go and they look at themselves and they look at their bits and they're like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So this was their very, their physical body, but it happens with their, their soul, with their mind all the time too. Oh, I'm not actually alone, but you got to drag your story out. You got to go look at your bits. You got to go and you have to look at other people's stories and actually hear them and listen to them in order to know that you're not alone. If all you're ever doing is, is staying inside of the bubble that you're just inside that story and nothing else will ever get through. Um, and that's, that's, that's earthquake level change. Like everything changes when you realize you're not alone. Well, and also I think it lifts the shame and embarrassment, right? Yeah. Like that's yep. a huge thing if you can get out from under that. And like, yep. I know right now I'm in the midst of climbing out from under shame and embarrassment about, like I said, my divorce and being a single mom, but it, it happens slowly. And when it does happen, everything is, is, is shifted, right? There's a yeah. whole new perspective on it. So what do you hope the people who attend the retreat will walk away with? Or how do you, what would you hope they feel like? Yeah. Well, one thing is I, I hope that they go back feeling rejuvenated. So there, there's this, this thing that can happen when you're at a retreat or a conference or even on vacation, when you go home and you need a vacation from your vacation. Yeah. So I'm very hopeful. And I know this is a pilot. So we're going to be learning about this ourselves. How can we help people navigate the transition back into their regular space and holding on to what, what they learned and what they did without experiencing too traumatic uh, in the sexuality field, we talk about it as con drop. I'm sure that happens in, in almost any conference situation. You come home, you're like, ugh, back into your regular life. So I want them to feel rejuvenated. But the other thing is um, I want them to feel hope about connection. Whatever that connection looks like in your life, whoever you want to connect to and connected to yourself, I don't think, I don't think we can go much further in this culture thinking that we're all separate. Like separation and isolation, has, we're, we're at the end of that. It's time for a new story. And um, there's the idea that we are actually totally separate is holding us back in so many ways. We can look at that in the political realm, but we could also look at it just in our day-to-day, every day. Do we say hi? Do we get to smile at people or do we not? Do we not feel safe to? So I want people to feel like there's burgeoning hope around connecting. Yeah. I love that. I also hope that everyone will leave feeling more confident in their story in whatever, yeah. wherever they are in it and know that they're okay. And there's no model for this. That's perfect. There's no one way to do it. And to leave feeling like, you know what? I'm okay. I got this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I didn't, you know, we're every day we're creating our story. So to be able to just sit down and say where I am today is exactly where I need to be. That's a really good feeling. And I hope that we can create that opportunity. Yeah. I want them to leave with the sense of the adventure. This being, this is like a, a piece of the adventure and it continues on. And there's no, there's no telling what you're headed for 
while you're while you're in it. That's that's the beauty of being alive. So <laughs> right, 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 right. Is there anything I missed that you want to mention or anything else? That- mm. Oh, yeah. You know what? So um the application. So the reason it's it's an application, at least this is how I'm thinking about it, is that we want to understand what you're looking for. Absolutely. But also I want to know, um, I want to know where you're at right now and what your support system looks like at home. Because if we're going to do a deep dive into our love story, it'll be really helpful for me as a guide and as a coach to, to understand the special circumstances, because we're all in special circumstances. Um, so my intention is to actually connect to each person who applies and, you know, connect over a, a 10 minute phone call and, and get a better sense of who you are and where you're at in your journey and, and help you if you're not sure that this is, that you're in the right spot, help you figure out whether, whether this is the right time for you to participate in this activity. Um, and I think that that one-to-one connection is where we can really figure that out. So the application process is important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And we are co-creating this event, the two of us, but we're also co-creating it with everyone who applies because we yeah. want to make sure that it's something that's meaningful for everyone. And we should add that, that it's not just for people who are in a relationship with, you know, yeah. a, a husband or wife or whatever. It's for anybody who's interested in exploring their relationships. And yeah. And it could be any kind of relationships. I, there's, there's no, we have absolutely put romantic love on a pedestal in this society, but those, that's just one kind of relationship. And you could be completely outside of that paradigm and thinking about your friendships, thinking about the relationship you had with your, with a parent or with a, with a grandparent who was very special to you. And you know, they have a place in your story and they, they hold, they hold some special importance. You could be talking and thinking about any relationship. Um, the, the, the idea of looking at this through the lens of relationship is that it gives us something more to explore than just the, the hamster wheel of your thoughts about yourself. We can look at what actually happened in your relationships. What's the, what's the story you tell yourself? What, were the, what was happening? And it gives us more. We can, it's, um, it's nice to get off that hamster wheel sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so this episode was an opportunity for us to announce our new retreat coming out in June, give you a little behind the scenes of how this all came together and give you a sense of what to expect if you were to attend and give you some tips on how to put a retreat together if you were thinking about doing something like that with your own uh, business and knowledge and background. So we appreciate you listening. We hope that you'll join us and check out the webpage, speakersisterhood.com forward slash Rella, R-E-L-A. And uh, the application process or um, window is about a week after uh, February 19th. So try to get, get looking at that as soon as possible. And we look forward to reading and hearing from you. Anything else you want to add, Molly? No, just I'm super excited for our really exciting adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be so many cool gifts and like little side things going on. So I have to do that. Yeah, those are secrets. I'm so glad that you braved that conversation that was going to make you throw up. I'm so, so, so glad. Thanks. Me too. (laughs) So that's another um, just, you know, uh, we're going to just put another tick mark in the column for do things that make you want to throw up. Yeah.
don't actually. I mean, you can throw up if you want to, but. You can if you have to. But, you know, whatever. What Carry gum, for. whatever. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed our unveiling, our big announcement. That was very exciting, and I can't wait to uh, keep planning it and getting it getting it going and out there in June. If you want to learn more, you can go to speakersisterhood.com slash Rella. The link is in the notes, and we hope to hear from you and get your application. So if you like today's episode and you want to leave a review, please do so on iTunes as it does help more people to find the show. And if you have any ideas for upcoming topics or guests, you can email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com. So that does it for me this week, you guys. As always, stop waiting, start creating. I'll see you next time.